Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Jeremy Stahl. I'm Slate's jurisprudence editor. Ordinarily, I edit our courts and legal coverage from the comfort of my home office in Los Angeles, but for the next month and a half, I will be locked in a lower Manhattan courtroom with the rest of the press, a jury of 12 New Yorkers, Justice Juan Marchand, prosecutors, Trump's defense team, and the former president himself as history unfolds. I've temporarily moved myself and my family from Los Angeles to New York to cover this case firsthand, like I have done in other cases, including the Paul Manafort case, the Roger Stone criminal trial, and Donald Trump's first impeachment. I'm hoping that my background knowledge of the many, many criminal travails of our former president can offer something to you, Slate's listener. Over the next several weeks, you'll be hearing from me on Amicus, Slate's legal podcast, and in articles on Slate.com. From the jury selection to the opening arguments to the witness testimony and cross-examination and the prosecution's case and the defense's case and ultimately to a final verdict. We will be providing you wall-to-wall coverage throughout the entirety of the trial as it unfolds from the courtroom. There's no way I'd be able to do it without the support of Slate Plus. So if you're not already a subscriber, please join today by clicking Try Free at the top of the Amicus show page on Apple Podcasts or visit slate.com slash amicus plus to get access wherever you listen. Thank you so, so much. If you pull out a map, the place where Kathy Torres lives It's right at the southern tip of Texas. We're right there on the bottom. Like, so you're closer to Mexico than your state capital. Oh, 100%. Mexico's 30 minutes away, and the capital's five hours away. Kathy went to college here. Even though she graduated years ago, she still lives in the same apartment right by the UT campus where she got her degree. I called her up to talk about what she's been doing in the years since. How do you describe your job to people when you first meet them? So if I don't know who they are at all, like, okay, nail salon or something. Yeah. And they see I'm stressed. I don't know. Oh, where do you work at? A woman's health care (laughs) fund. What do you do there? Case management. Oh, it's like a nonprofit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you keep it kind of... Private. For my safety, yeah. For your safety? Yeah, I don't want to be stalked or accosted or sued. So I'm pretty cautious. What Kathy does is help pay for other people's abortions. She is one of just two staffers who work at Frontera Fund, a small nonprofit that gives women cash to pay for everything that makes an abortion possible. In Texas, that can include plane tickets, hotel rooms, even childcare. She's the person who listens to and follows up on the voicemails people leave on Frontera's helpline. 
How have the calls to your helpline changed since SB 8 passed this bill that really restricts who can get an abortion in Texas? So I think what, what we're noticing is like when SB 8 started, people thought it was illegal and just weren't even trying, I feel. I, I don't know. We're speculating, you know, because it was really quiet. Then like two weeks ago, we were so busy. Me and my director had to jump on the helpline. And then like maybe last week was quiet, but this week's been very busy. It's just super inconsistent. There's one thing that is consistent. Every single person who calls is traveling out of Texas. Every single person. Sounds like you're saying people are finding a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Today on the show, Texas has tried to make abortions inaccessible for most women. Kathy explains what's happened instead. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Kathy's organization, Frontera Fund, is one of the few places connecting people with abortions in her part of Texas. There is a clinic nearby in McAllen. But you're talking one clinic to fund 1.3 million people. That doesn't make any sense, right? Um, but that's that's what we have. And so to get from where we are to the western tip of Texas, to El Paso, that's a 12-hour drive. And there aren't any clinics and long any of that drive at all, at all. Yeah, you're remote. Yeah. So it's an abortion desert, the whole border. And of course, now there's SB8, that law that exposes providers to lawsuits if they offer a woman an abortion after a fetal heartbeat is detected. But for people like Kathy, this law, it's just one more roadblock to abortion access. And roadblocks like this have been piling up for years. The McAllen Clinic, which is known as Whole Women's Health, was the plaintiff in a lawsuit that made it all the way up to the Supreme Court. They sued because of so-called trap laws, which required abortion doctors to have admitting privileges at local hospitals. Those laws had shut the McAllen Clinic down for a year. And that was when the Supreme Court declared that trap laws were an undue burden. We were so glad that the Supreme Court noticed that at the time. Did it feel like, it felt like a victory, it sounds like. Yeah. A lot of times this work can feel like an uphill battle, for sure. So any small victories like that or like little movements, lawsuits that are won or little nice things judges say, we, we really take in because we need something to keep us going. I first read about the work you were doing because I noticed that you and some of your colleagues had showed up at a city council meeting for your hometown, Edinburgh. Okay, we're going to go back to uh, public comments. This was over this past summer. And you'd come to speak because 
the town was trying to become what they called a sanctuary city for abortion. Essentially, they wanted to ban abortion. I am here on behalf of myself and Frontera Plan to make a public comment against the proposed anti-abortion ordinance in the city of Edinburgh. And in that case, you were successful. Yeah. So a bunch of people turned out. We had about 63 people go in person uh, making public comment. What were they saying when they were testifying? Basically saying that this was such a waste of time. My abortion saved my life. These men should not speak for us. And in, instead of, you know, making decisions on whether this place should be a sanctuary city, how about you do your job and make sure that every time we drive down the streets, every time women, men, non-binary people drive down the streets, they don't almost get a flat tire because of these potholes. Make sure we don't have to have all these sandbags because of the flooding issues here. Work on infrastructure. I mean, there, there's so many other issues that need to be touched why are they touching abortion? Like, there was no need for it. Their whole thing was that, like, the Valley is pro-life, that the Valley is conservative, but they couldn't be more wrong. It's just not talked about. A majority of the people that we speak to are pro-choice, and maybe it's because that's people who are around. But generally speaking, it's only not talked about because it's so taboo. And the real danger with that was if this ordinance had been passed in the city of Edinburgh, there's not an abortion clinic here obviously. But the issue is this was just a feeler for anti-choice people, for the ones who were pushing these ordinances, because the city right next door to Edinburgh is McAllen. And that's where Whole Women's Health is located. Which is the one clinic in your area. Right. And basically what this ordinance was, was essentially a tiny city version of SBA. It had the same exact language. It even had the civil cause of action tied to this ordinance. Where you could sue someone who had been part of an abortion. Right. So our thing was like, no, 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 no. We're already all hands on deck preparing for this complete shift in abortion landscape in Texas. You are not going to do it in my city. I can't. No, there's no way. Happening now in Edinburgh, city council members set to discuss declaring the city a sanctuary city for the unborn. Channel 5's Thunder and live in Edinburgh. it was so awesome seeing everyone turn out. Representatives from the city say they haven't seen a turnout like this in a while. And people... If no further discussion, I'll entertain a motion on this item. All the council members silent. You could hear a pin drop. There were speeches and nothing to say. I'm going to entertain a motion from the city council. Any motion from the Edinburgh City Council? If nobody makes a motion, then that means that this this dies? Councilor? That's correct. A motion is required for the City Council to take action. Okay, so then the then there's no action. This this item dies and we're moving on to the agenda. That that's correct. Okay, let's move on then. One of the council members that was super, like, real, like, felt so strong about passing this ordinance when he was interviewed about it before the meeting happened. And then after public comment, he was like, well, I don't know. I mean, it's up to you all. I don't really have much to say about this. Super, like, flip-flop. We had another person be like, oh, this was all the mayor. And the mayor was like, um, um, this was all you. Like, they were just arguing there. Like, it was so embarrassing for them. Did you guys celebrate afterwards? Was it like, yes? 
Yeah, we were all in a group chat and like sending voice recordings, like crying and leaping for joy and celebrating and just really taking in this victory. They really thought that they had momentum and we put it to a stop. So that's what was really celebratory. And it was just, it was a win, a win. You know, we don't get many of those. When we come back, what accessing an abortion is like on the border now. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. On Tuesday, May the 14th, my colleague Mark Joseph Stern and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice, all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it, and we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. So you'd been on the board of Frontera Fund for a while, but after SB8 went into effect, you became a staffer. I was a volunteer since 2016. Uh, I even started doing Helpline back then. And then I became a board member in 2019, where my role as board was Helpline as well and organizing. What I do like about it is being able to help, you know, being that resource. It feels nice. What do the calls sound like? Like, what are people saying when they call in? Everyone's pretty nervous. Everything's happening so quickly. You know, here in the Valley... And any direction that you go, it's more than a 12-hour drive. To fly out, you have to do a layover. You know, there's hardly any direct flights anywhere. The region is also like 40% below the federal poverty line. So you're talking to people who have never even left the valley before, maybe have never had an abortion before, and now they're having to leave the state to do that very thing. And quickly, too, you know, it's, it's, there's a sense of urgency, which I totally feel. I mean, I would feel the same way. How much are you having to give women? It typically ranges between 1500 to, now I can honestly say $2,500, like, per caller. Because you're talking um, the flight, which from here in the Valley, it's even more expensive because we're in such a, like, niche small area of texas 
Um, and they're having to go out of state. And Texas is huge, you know? So, like, there's the flights. And then there's the hotel stay. How far does the fund go for these women? Like, does the fund offer rides or buying the plane tickets or the bus tickets themselves? Or is it more just you submit your receipts? We, we do it directly. So if someone is flying, for example, um, we will be on the phone with them to book their flight and we pay for the flight. And I, I like to sit, I like to be on the phone with the person in this process. I, I like to be able to have that back and forth with them because a lot of times people work, you know, and they maybe need to work that morning and fly that afternoon and so on and so forth. I like to find hotels near the clinic so there's not a lot of traveling when they're there. You must know now about a lot of hotels and exactly where to go. Oh, yeah. We're travel agents <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Huh. At this point, honestly. Yeah. I've gotten real good with booking hotels and flights and what to ask for. And, you know, we've also made some connections with abortion funds in other states um, just because it's nothing like having someone there. You know, this say this person's flying thousands of miles and it's nothing like being in a state. We feel so helpless if something happens. And we can't be in that state, you know, but if we can make a connection with a fund out there, maybe they can help transport the caller from hotel to clinic. Or maybe they know of a hotel that's historically treated callers well. You know, we've been consciously building those relationships. It's interesting that this bill is awful and hard for women as it is. It's creating these connections between organizations that maybe weren't as connected before. In a sense, yeah. But remember, Texas has already been a very hostile state for abortion since before SBA. So if anything, this just expedited all of these processes. We shouldn't have even had to exist. You know, abortion funds really shouldn't. Abortion should be accessible, available on demand, free. Um, but we've always had to exist. It's just now it's even harsher. You've noted in other conversations that travel is especially problematic for some of your clients. Can you talk a little bit about why traveling out of state is a burden for many of the women who need the most help? Well, number one is traveling's expensive. Not Yes, it's steep costs. And yes, we can cover flight tickets or gas or bus or we can, yeah, we can help with that. But that's not accounting for lost wages. People are having to take time off work and not everyone has the privilege of having PTO or vacation time. Another thing is if someone's undocumented, have you heard of a, a customs border patrol checkpoint? Mm, yes, but I assume they're at the border between Mexico and the United States. <laughs> nope. So you have the port of entry, which you described, but about 60 to 100 miles north of those ports of entry in the United States, there are what's called Customs Border Patrol checkpoints. And at those checkpoints, um, they look exactly like a port of entry. Like they are look identical. And you have to pass through those. There's no way around them. You have to pass through those to continue traveling north. And when you are passing through this checkpoint, you are approached, you have to roll down your windows and you're approached by a Customs Border Patrol agent, while another one is simultaneously going around your car with the dog, sniffing things out, that agent asks you, are you a U.S. citizen? 
you tell them yes or no. Typically, I mean, I tell I'm a citizen. I tell them yes. Then they let you go. If I said yes the way they didn't want to hear it, they can detain me. If I showed them documentation that didn't sit right with them, they can detain me. And if I tell them no, they will detain me and I risk deportation. In the months since Texas passed SB 8, other states have looked to pass equally restrictive abortion laws, including at least one state where you have sent women to have abortions, Oklahoma. So I did see that Oklahoma, I think they've fought, they, there's been like maybe six bills filed. And I think one of them is mirroring, like it's almost identical to, to SB 8, I think. They say that Supreme Court isn't doing anything about SB 8. That's why you're saying Nebraska just filed bills similarly to Texas laws. And we actually went up there to testify against them. What'd you say? I spoke to their legislature as Texans who are living this and experiencing it and seeing firsthand the trauma that this is causing on people. I have not seen anything good come out of this. I knew nothing was going to come out of this. And it also, it just leaves us feeling like what worse, what more do you want? What else do you want? And we know that they just want abortion banned. It's shocking to look at the language in some of these bills. Like Idaho just passed a bill. It allows a woman's family, like her siblings or parents, the father of her partner, to seek damages if a woman has an abortion, up to $20,000. I mean, as someone who deals with women seeking abortions, I wonder what you make of a law like that, that empowers family members in a woman's life to intervene in some way when she's made the choice to have an abortion. Yeah, that just pisses me off. Because if you just look at it, like how how messed up is that to even feel like you have an opinion on someone else and the decisions that they make, you know? Like, like do people have these types of dinner table discussions about colonoscopies or about any other standard form of medicine? And I can't believe that another state is even considering that. And that that concerns me because what happens is like all of these states, they follow suit. So it's like a what more do you want as in like we're tired, like, God, what else do you want? So now I'm hearing like what you mentioned that Idaho is doing this. Oh, now I'm super not looking forward to session next year. In Texas. Yeah, because it's like, God, what worse can they do, right? And if I'm hearing that Idaho is passing something just as vicious as this, more vicious, or I don't know, just as terrible, I'm already nervous with of next year's legislature to begin with because they already got away with this. They're just going to keep trying, keep trying and keep trying. You don't think they're done? Mm-mm. God, no. God, no. I just don't know what else they can do. Supreme Court's going to decide on Roe in a couple of months on Dobbs versus Jackson. I'm nervous. <laughs> scared. I'm a human. Yeah. And we have a trigger law. So let's say it happens. Let's say Rose overturned, then abortion will be banned completely in Texas in 30 days. <laughs> it just makes it makes me it makes me super emotional. If you could have your governor, Greg Abbott, 
or his lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick, or any Republican elected representative who was part of making SB8 a reality, if you could have them down to where you are and show them anything, what what would you show them? What would you tell them? I can tell them everything that I've been telling you, and we've done that. I just don't think they'll care. They just need to leave office. Bottom line, they're not here for us. They haven't been here for us. They never will. They don't. They won't hear it. What happens when you try? We hear nothing back. <laughs> they just keep keep doing what they're doing. I mean, it's 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 hard to get a hold. of I mean, of have them. you literally like said, "Come down, visit. We'll talk to you." Well, we've sent letters and faxes and calls and emails, and he comes down all the time. They come down to go praise Border Patrol down here, and he's super proud of Operation Lone Star, which is nothing but like make us get traffic tickets. So like, he comes down here all the time. He sees what it's like down here, but he doesn't care. Kathy, I'm really grateful for your time. I hope I was able to give more insight on sort of what it's like, at least for Frontera Fund. Kathy Torres is the organizing manager for Frontera Fund, an abortion fund for the Rio Grande Valley in South Texas. To learn more about their work, go check out fronterafundrgv.org. All right, that's the show. Before we go, I just wanted to tell you that Slate is currently having a sale. We are offering our Slate Plus membership at 25% off for the first year. You've been listening to all kinds of coverage on this show. We're talking about the Ukraine crisis, the Supreme Court, the upcoming midterms, and of course, the pandemic. We are ready to cover all this because of support from listeners like you. And you get all kinds of great benefits when you join too, like ad-free listening to this show and the rest of the Slate network, member-exclusive segments on shows like Amicus and Political Gabfest, as well as unlimited reading on the Slate site. So help us keep What Next going by signing up for a Slate Plus membership at slate.com slash whatnextplus. Again, it is 25% off your first year for a limited time. So sign up now at slate.com slash whatnextplus. What Next is produced by Mary Wilson, Elena Schwartz, and Carmel Del Shad. We are getting a ton of help these days from Anna Rubinova and Laura Spencer. We are led by Alicia Montgomery. And I'm Mary Harris. Stay tuned to this feed. Lizzie O'Leary is going to be here tomorrow and Sunday with What Next TBD, our weekend shows. And I'll be right back here on Monday morning. Catch you then. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, I'm Josh Levine. My podcast, The Queen, tells the story of Linda Taylor. She was a con artist, a kidnapper, and maybe even a murderer. She was also given the title The Welfare Queen. And her story was used by Ronald Reagan to justify slashing aid to the poor. 
Now, it's time to hear her real story. Over the course of four episodes, you'll find out what was done to Linda Taylor, what she did to others, and what was done in her name. The, the great lesson of this, uh, for me, is that people will come to their own conclusions based on what their prejudices are. Subscribe to The Queen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now.